brother i'm grace hello brother i'm stephanie and this is doppelgangers today we're talking about season six episode six of the vampire diaries which is called the more you ignore me the closer i get another wild ride of an episode this episode is great because i think from the minute we get the introduction that elena tells her memories of damon away you know that there's going to be some issue in her getting them back because it's a TV show. She's not, Alaric is not just going to be able to say, remember Damon and she'll remember. And we're not idiots watching the show. We assume it'll be like some kind of hiccup and compulsion, some kind of supernatural thing. And I think the way they handle that option being taken off the table is so unexpected, so interesting. And just a really, it deepens Joe's character. It makes sense for Alaric's character because Alaric wasn't really hitting as a vampire. Let's all yeah. be honest. He was freaking out. I mean, he was too anxious. The alcohol wasn't doing enough for him, and he really needs that to be a good teacher. <laughs> Just a great episode. Really fun. A fun subversion of the magic border in a way that, like, I did not expect at all. Yeah. And it's so fun. You know, obviously, I'll, we'll get to it. But for me to be like, she just healed him. Like, he must be a human now. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then I'm like, oh, my God, the compulsion. Because mm-hmm. I knew the compulsion was going to be an issue. Yeah. But I figured it was just like it would be harder than expected, not impossible. But here we are. (laughs) But before we get into it, here's a quick ad. One more bit of housekeeping before we get into today's episode. We received a voice message from one of our listeners. I did not even realize this was something we could receive. Just another great tool in the Spotify for Podcasters tool chest. Yes. (laughs) This is another feather (laughs) in the cap of Spotify for Podcasters. (laughs) I will say it was quite hard to locate this voice message, but I did find it. It is from our dear supporter, Beatrice, and I wanted to share it with you all. Hello. um, I am aware that y'all are coming up on the, you know, seven days seasons and the podcast will end eventually, which is heartbreaking for me. However, I'm going to make a formal request that y'all... Um, do this podcast uh, for the originals, uh, please. And thank you. Um, I don't know even what to say after this. I'm going to say long time, short time, I think. Is that the right order? Who cares? Okay, bye. How sweet is that? You guys can also feel free to leave your own voice messages. We really enjoyed this one. What a treat. But this voice message brought up, you know, quite a... An elephant in a room. An elephant in the room. It's almost like the Klaus of the Doppelgangers podcast where everybody's talking about it, but no one's addressing it. (laughs) The question being, you know, we're in season six right now. There are eight seasons of this show. What are we going to do when we finish Vampire Diaries? And now's as good a time as any to say, yes, we're absolutely going to cover the originals after this. down in New Orleans. What, I'm going to not watch a show about Klaus and talk about it, please? Exactly. Stephanie is, again, going to stay in the dark for the originals as much as it hurts her. And I will be watching ahead. Stephanie will return to her boyfriend, Klaus, and her mortal enemy, Haley. (laughs) We'll see if I turn the corner on her. You know, we know you love the Stephen Damon debates. Get ready for, I'm sure, Klaus Elijah debates. I'm sure, too. I will say, everyone, I've not watched the originals in full, so I will be binging. And then after we finish the originals, of course, the plan is to move on to legacies, because how could we not? Julie Pleck provided us a plentiful universe 
which we intend to explore fully. And Julie Pluck, if you would like to join us on the pod. <laughs> I have a lot of Just questions kidding. for you. Number one, how dare you? <laughs> Number one, why did Klaus and Caroline only have sex twice? Once? <laughs> the twice was in a dream I had. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but in all seriousness, thank you to every listener, every supporter who loves doing this podcast and wants to see it continue because we also love doing it. So thank you all for enjoying and supporting. More exciting announcements coming soon. And feel free to enjoy the following episode. I'll start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When Alaric realizes that Joe can't be compelled, he asks Elena to do some digging into her background. After learning that Enzo has been captured by Trip, Caroline teams up with Matt and Stefan to rescue him before Trip learns their true identities. Armed with some new information about her past, Sarah breaks into Trip's office and is surprised when she finds Matt there doing some investigating of his own. Meanwhile, Elena is forced to deal with the consequences of her actions, and Jeremy hits rock bottom, lashing out in a destructive way. Lastly, Damon is determined to take matters into his own hands when he receives some upsetting news. We open the episode in Trip's van. Trip is driving, of course, as he's known mm -hmm. to do. And in the back of the van is Ivy and two rando guys. Mm -hmm. Ivy says, please let me go. Trip says, look, I know this might seem barbaric, but I promise you it's nothing personal. Number one, King, it is entirely personal. It is full retribution for your wife. Well, and especially you came after this girl specifically. Yeah. Like that is personal. Ivy says, why are you doing this? Tripp says, it's a longer story than we have time for. Is it though? It's really not. <laughs> My wife was killed by a vampire and now I'm doing this shit. And now I'm a hater. He says, but trust me, you don't want this life. If you can even call it that. It's also important to note that we see that Enzo is not one of the other two guys in the, mm -hmm. in the van at this point. Trip turns the music up. It plays some like old timey song. I really wanted it to be Everybody Hurts again. Yeah, that would be funny. I don't know what damn station he's on, but it's like he's on Jack FM. It's a little bit. Hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. Hello, my ragtime gal. It's not that, but it's like that. It's very that energy. Yeah. I don't know what I want him to listen to. Top 40. He turns it up and it's Call Me Maybe. <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> Ivy tries to break the chain while the music plays. They cross the border and she sees one guy's throat opens, blood comes out. And she's freaked by that, obviously. Yeah. And then she sees the other guy, a gunshot appears in his head. She's freaked by that too. But then her neck snaps because that's how she died. And then they're all dead and it's over. Rest in peace, Ivy. You lasted longer than I thought you would. Now do you think Ivy is dead for good? Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that last time, so who knows? It's impossible to say. We go over to the Salvatore Mausoleum where we left Stefan and Damon the last episode. They are still hugging and Damon says, I missed you too. These next couple scenes, we do a lot of exposition and we go between the Salvatore Mausoleum, the Whitmore dorm and Alaric's office. Mm -hmm. But they all kind of bleed into each other because we got a lot of information we got to get out. Yeah, everyone's got to get on the same page. Stefan says, I can't believe it. I thought you were gone. And Damon says, you didn't think I was gone, gone, huh? I promised you an eternity of misery. It's like, yeah, I did think you were dead, actually. Stefan's like, I super thought you were gone, gone. Um, I handled it bad. And now it's kind of embarrassing that you're back, to be completely and totally honest with you. Yeah, now that you're back, I seem to realize you've actually only been gone for four months. Now that I'm back down to earth, I realize that's not that long at all. Turns out I might have been a, a touch dramatic. At the Whitmore dorm, Elena says he's back. And Caroline nods, and Elena says, how? And Caroline says, I don't know. Honestly, everything Stefan said after Damon's back is kind of a blur. And Elena says, well, what about Bonnie? At the mausoleum, Damon tells Stefan, Bonnie sacrificed herself so I could come back. But 
I don't want anyone to know that because there's no sense in making this harder than it already is. A, on one level, I do think is true. Like, he doesn't want to make everyone more Mm -hmm. upset. B, I think it's a little bit of a, selfishly, he doesn't want to tell everyone that she sacrificed herself for him because he feels unworthy of that sacrifice. Yeah, and everyone else would just be like, why would she do that? She doesn't even like you. And he'd have to be like, we actually became very good friends, blah, blah. And I think also he's worried, and I don't think this is an unfair worry, that people will be like, you're lying. Yes. To be fair, when he was lifted away, Bonnie had been shot with an arrow by Kai. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know if she's alive. He knows that if she's alive, she can come back. And actually, we don't know that she's alive either. We didn't see her this episode. Yeah. So he doesn't want to tell everyone like, oh, she knows how to come back. It's only a matter of time, especially because she's got Kai to deal with and she was adamant about not bringing him. So Damon doesn't want to promise anything that he knows he can't. Well, and especially because like we all saw the pieces of the Ascendant fall when Damon flew out. Damon doesn't necessarily know that that's still in reach for her. That's a good point. So there's a very good chance that she is either dead or cannot come back. So- Because obviously if Damon comes back, this brings the hope. Like Damon was able to come back. Bonnie must have been with him. So it's just a matter of time. And I think tampering down that hope is helpful because in Damon's mind, it's probably unlikely. Yeah. And then if it works out, great. And he can face this lie later because this lie is out of a a selfless place overall. Mm -hmm. I think so. I do think this lie, it comes from a good place. It's a smart-ish lie. I do think, unfortunately, it opens up questions that no one's asking yet because it's too soon. Mm-hmm. But someone eventually is going to ask Damon how he figured out how to get back. Yeah, where exactly were you? How did you get out of it? I think there's some way he could say, like, oh, I met this guy, Kai, and he, like, tells him everything he knows about Kai and also, like, leads them to believe that Kai got him out. I think it opens up more complications than he needs. But on the whole, I think it makes sense for him to lie to everyone but Stefan. And I think maybe people just won't ask details because if they don't think Bonnie can come back, what good do the details do? Yeah, it'll make them sad. Stefan says, okay, well, what are we going to tell people? And at Whitmore, Caroline says, Damon said she wasn't over there. And Elena says, well, where is there exactly? We go back to the mausoleum and Stefan says, Mystic Falls, 1994. Same reaction, bud. Yeah. (laughs) Damon says, I know. A bunch of witches were going to get together and create some space-time purgatory. You'd think they'd pick a better year than the one Kurt Cobain killed himself. The whole thing was very depressing. Damon, I know that you just got back and you don't want to get into all the details, but you know why they picked this year. You know why you picked this year this day. You learned a new term. I know you think that maybe no one can come out, but I do think it's worth checking in on the whole Kai story. I just think it might be a good use of time. You know, he's clearly focused really heavily on Elena right now, which Which I understand. But, you know, let's all get our asses up and work, okay? Let's communicate the information we learned before we forget it. Yeah. Stefan says, well, how'd you get back? And Damon says, long story, big flash of light, two decades worth of jet lag. I will explain all my adventures in that flannel hellscape. But first, there's someone I got to go see. He's very excited. We go over to Whitmore and Elena says, I don't want to see him. (laughs) She's like, I don't want to see that scary dude. And she's in Rick's office. And Rick says, look, I get it. I understand, like, that's how you feel now, Elena. But if you thought there was even a chance you'd see Damon again, you would have never asked me to compel away your memories of loving him. We go back to the mausoleum and Damon says, she did what? Because, yeah, why did she do this so fucking quick? I mean, I've said that enough. I don't need to say it again. We all know where I am at it. We all know it was a bad decision. (laughs) Uh, Stefan says, she had a lyric do it. We go back to Rick's office and Rick says, Damon is going to kill me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Elena says, well, you're unkillable. And Rick says, yeah, it doesn't mean he won't try. Elena says, what do you think is going to happen when I do see him? And at the mausoleum, Damon says, I just need to see her, Stefan. Our eyes will meet, fireworks will go off, and the balance of nature will finally be restored. She loves me. This is a really sweet idea. You know, I love that you believe in love like that. It's so it's so admirable that you are a hopeless romantic. But let's emphasize the hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> we go back over to Rick's office and Elena says, he's a psychotic killer. And Alaric says, yeah, but you only feel that way because I erased all the good parts. And she says, well, I don't see anything that could balance out the bad. Again, girl, he erased all the good parts. She says, promise me you won't lift the compulsion. He says, okay, I won't, not until you ask me to. But Elena, I hope you ask me. And sooner rather than later would be ideal, bitch. Honestly, let this be the lesson. Just compel her. Everyone's like, oh, Elena has to make her own choice. Elena has to make her She doesn't. We let Elena make too many choices around here. And we've seen Elena make some dumb choices. Remember when she was choosing to die in a car underwater? I'm sorry. Like, sometimes you need to step in and make a choice for somebody. Yeah. And the thing is, if Alaric forcefully compelled Elena right now, she'd be fine. Yeah, she'd thank him. She'd be like, oh my God, thank you for doing that. I was probably so scared to do it if I didn't have any of the memories. Exactly. Elena says, I have to go. I have a shift at the hospital. And Rick says, since when? And she says, since Damon came back and I'm trying to avoid him. Rick says, fine, but if you're going to be avoiding people anyway, add Joe to your list. I compelled her to forget her date the other night and it didn't take. And she says, what do you mean it didn't take? And he says... Either she's on for vain or there's some other reason, but she can't be compelled. So see if you can find out why. Elena says, okay, I will. Will you call Jeremy? I had to tell him about Bonnie over the phone. You can imagine how that went. I get it's a busy day, but can someone go tell him in person? Or just, I know a lot of you guys can't go to Mystic Falls, but say, hey, come out to Whitmore for lunch today. Like we need to talk. Yeah. Do you want to have lunch at Whitmore today? Also get him off the couch for a day. It's kind of a... Two for one. Also because, you know, not, it's insensitive to tell anyone this news over the phone in general. But you all know that Jeremy's big issue right now is that Bonnie told him she was going to die over the phone. So don't you think he might have a little bit of phone trauma? Yeah. Let's be mindful. And he's constantly calling her phone number. Like, he is a little too attached to that phone. Let's get him. Let's get him into the real world a little more here, guys. Yeah, let's maybe get him in person. <laughs> we go over to the Salvatore house. Jeremy grabs his keys and Sarah is there. And she says, where are you going? He says, out. Why do you need to fucking know? Like, yeah. she says, you promised you'd help me track down my relatives. And he says, okay, later. And she says, you can't just say Zach Salvatore was my dad. Too bad he's dead. And then peace out. Actually, he totally can. He has no obligation to you. He totally can. I think that's more information than most would be able to give you even. So also, you know, not for nothing, girl. You know, your dad's name is Zach Salvatore. If you go to the library for 10 minutes and search the name Salvatore, yeah. you'll find like all the information you need. Yeah, I don't know why you need to ask him for this. Like you have the name. Yeah. Jeremy says, I can't do this right now. And Sarah says, what is so urgent to make you finally unglue your ass from the couch? I know it's not school. It's not work. If it's another girl, I'd shower first. She is very judgmental for a girl who is homeless and is asking him to help her. Yeah, who is squatting. At a house that her dead uncle, like, only na- only owned in name. Let's be serious. He was just there to keep the border door there. Yeah. Jeremy says, I just need to get out of here. We go over to Tripp's little dungeon shed. And Enzo is sitting, you know, in his chains as Matt enters. He's very calm. Matt comes in and Enzo says, ah, Tripp's errand boy returns. 
Matt spills some blood on the ground, like as if to say, oops, what? Taunting Enzo of all people. First of all, dumb person to taunt. Second of all, why are you leaving him locked up? Get the keys, bitch. Just let him out and say, oops, he broke out. Yeah. What are you gaining from this? Matt says, ooh, my bad. Ha ha ha. And Enzo says, that's all right, mate. Just lean in and I'll take it from the tap. Also, this cup is like bigger than he got at Augustine. So even with some dumped out, he's like, whatever. I wish I was having more blood. It could be a lot worse. Matt says, I'll pass. Ha ha ha. Enzo drinks the blood. And Enzo says, okay, come on. I'm going to need some more to get my strength back for when you help me escape. And Matt says, sorry, if Stefan turned you in, I'm guessing you deserved it. Do one round of critical thinking. I understand this thought process, Matt. But uh, let's ask even Stefan for his input on this. Yeah. Because... Stefan was pretty clearly in the wrong here. <laughs> yes. L- like, let's, I think, at least ask Stefan why he did this. But I do think yeah. it's also worth, he knows that Caroline and Enzo are friends. Call yeah. up Caroline and say, hey, what's Enzo been up to? Yeah. Like, hey, Stefan locked him up. Like, I think he did something really bad. And then let Caroline do what she will with that information. Sure, it is possible. Like, you know, Enzo's had his antagonistic moments with this group. I get why Matt might be like, I don't know for sure whether he's good or bad. But can't hurt you to talk to someone you do trust, like Caroline or Elena. It doesn't have to be Stefan. Yeah, but whatever. Enzo says, when did Stefan's moral compass become the new true north? Wasn't he the one who scurried off to some poxy little town while letting everybody believe that he was still searching for his brother? Not exactly a hero move, if you ask me. Got him there. I mean, speak on it, bitch. That's true. Matt says, still, I think the general population is safer with you in here. That is probably true. That is probably true because Enzo, <laughs> Enzo do Enzo do be killing random people. Yeah, he do be eating waitresses. So I gotta <laughs> got I, I just to show I'm not crazy. I do I have to say Matt had a point there. Yeah, but unfortunately for Matt, and I don't know if he doesn't know this. I don't know if he's too stupid to know this, or if he's just hoping Enzo doesn't figure this out. But Enzo has all the leverage here. Yeah, because Enzo says you're probably right. The general population will be safer with me in here. Well. Except for Elena, Stefan, Caroline, what do you think would happen if I were to tell your boss about our known vampires and their groupies? Basically implying, like, I'm going to give him all their names and also say that you are aligned with them. Yeah, unless you let me out. Which I think is very clearly, like, I'm not going to do this, but if you don't let me out, I'm not going to have a choice. Because if he was just going to do this, he would have done it already. He's been here for like a week. He's been tortured. Like if he was just going to do this to do this, it would have been done. So Mm -hmm. clearly he's doing this as like, look, are you going to make me fucking do this? Yeah. The door opens and Trip comes in. So Matt can't really respond to that right away, which is okay. Give Matt some time to process it. Yeah. Trip says, well, Savannah was a waste of gas. Minus a few blood bags. The house you told us about was empty. And Enzo says, odd. Must have smelled you coming. Trip says it would have been a total bust except I happened upon a girl that fit the description you gave me. That was near Whitmore, 500 miles from where you said she was going to be. He has a picture. We're meant to believe it's Ivy's phone, and it looks like Ivy made herself her wallpaper. She's so clean for that. I know. She's she's an icon. And he says, is this Ivy? And Enzo says, that's the one. And Tripp says, okay, so I'm going to give you today to conjure up the location of your vampire friends, or you and I are going to go sightseeing in Mystic Falls. Trip leaves, and Enzo looks at Matt, and Matt leaves. Yeah, because he's like, okay, Matt, you want to get some stuff moving for me, buddy? Says, okay, Matt, now you know the timeline. 
You can see what's going to happen here. And you can see he's already on his way to Whitmore, so I don't need much. And to Matt's credit, he pretty much immediately snitches. We go over to Rick's office. Caroline and Matt and Rick are sitting there. And Caroline says, why didn't you tell us Enzo has been locked up this whole time? And Matt says, honestly, I didn't know anybody was missing him. Which I do kind of get. Matt's not really plugged into this group. Enzo's been kind of touch and go. Like, I get that. But also, maybe talk to Caroline. Maybe bring it up to people who know more about the group than you do. But who am I? Caroline says, Matt. And Matt says, look, I'm sorry. I was confused about which vampires we like and which ones we don't. Well, generally, we like most of them at this point. Lean like if you're not sure. Yeah, if you're not sure, tell someone they're in captivity. You don't have to let them out right away. Because if they don't like it, they'll be like, oh, thank you for letting me know. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> we, You know, we just have to communicate here. Yeah. Caroline says, well, what about Ivy? Is she there too? And Matt says, Trip drove her and two others across the border last night. And I know deep down Caroline's like, okay. Thank God. Like, I didn't really want to have to deal with her. So that clears that up. Too bad, so sad. Sorry, Ivy. <laughs> Alaric says, do you know where Trip is now? And Matt says, he's running down another lead, but he didn't tell me what it was. He said Whitmore, you dumb fuck. He said, I found her near Whitmore, which is exactly where all the other fucking vampires are. So let's put some pieces together. Let's at least say, hey, he mentioned that he found Ivy here. He may be headed in this direction. Rick says, can you find out? We need to know who his next target is. And Matt says, well, if Enzo talks, it'll be you guys. Caroline says, well, that's not going to happen because we're busting him out, right? If for no other reason than so I can kick his ass for getting caught in the first place. Rick says, do you have any idea how he even managed to get his hands on him? And Stefan comes in and says, okay, I do have a little confession to make. He uh, didn't get his hands on him. I actually happened to turn him in. He said, so that actually was pretty much entirely me. Yeah. Uh, He's like, I'm just going to own up to this now. Yeah. (laughs) You're all going to find out eventually, so I'm just going to admit it. <laughs> we go over to the dorm. Uh, Elena is packing a bag for her hospital shift, we know, because she's got her polo. And there's a knock at the door, and she says, oh, who is it? She almost goes to open the door, but Damon says, it's me. Just wanted to talk. And she flinches. Yeah. Like, she's so terrified. <laughs> uh, she says, I can't talk. Not right now. And Damon says, look, I know why you did what you did, but it's not real. You know what's real is the way you felt for me. You once told me it was the most real thing you ever felt in your life. And Elena's like, well, that doesn't sound like me. Elena's like, well, I don't remember that. (laughs) Well, I don't remember that. So it can't possibly be true. Even though I know I got memories erased. Like, yes, I erased my memories. But that one just, I can't remember that one at all is the thing. (laughs) Elena says those feelings are gone. And Tim says, come on, Elena. You've compelled enough people to know that it's just a way of covering the truth. And no matter how badly you want it done, it doesn't make it less of a lie. And you got her there. She goes to the door like she's going to open it. She's like, okay, maybe I can open the door. She's like thinking about it. And then Tim says, oh, my God, I hear you breathing. You have no idea how long I've wanted to hear your breath. Do you have to say that? He missed her. That's such a creepy thing to say, you weirdo. It is so creepy. He said, oh, my God, I can hear you breathing. Girl, he's just so in love. Me and who? (laughs) Elena doesn't open the door, but they both put their hands on it. It's very like high school musical. Legally Blonde, the musical. You know, you guys get it. Any number of movies. You guys, you picture a door, you picture two hands on it. If it fits in a movie you've seen, you get it. You guys saw the episode. (laughs) You know what they do. (laughs) Damon says, just open the door, Elena. Everything can go back to the way it was. Just open the door, please. Or at the very least, step aside because I'm going to kick this door in. And then she looks even more scared. 
<laughs> She's like, this guy who is obsessed with hearing me breathe is going to kick the door in. I don't want this at all. This is bad. So she unlocks the door and he opens it slowly. And while he does that, she vampire runs out the window. Fair. So. <laughs> he, was get- he was getting a little weird at the end there. <laughs> well, you know. I don't blame him. And it would have worked if Elena had her memories. <laughs> I don't blame I don't blame her for running away. She's not ready for this yet. Yeah. She would be if Alurk just took memories, put the memories right back in. But who am I? We go out to the Whitmore quad slash the hospital. Stefan's on the phone on the quad. Elena's on the phone in the hospital. Stefan says, you seriously jumped out of a window? What if somebody saw you? And she says, I know, I know, I panicked. And he says, look, Damon's been trapped over there alone for months. He just wants to see you. And Elena says, look, I get how I'm supposed to feel, but I know how I actually feel. And I'm happy now. What if I look at him and my old feelings break through the compulsion? And Stefan says, okay, well, they won't. But even if they do, is that such a bad thing? Yeah, he's like, wouldn't that be kind of nice? Then you remember him? Then we're back to normal. (laughs) She says, yes, it would be a bad thing. I started over just like you did. Neither of you did something good. Those were both bad choices. She says, I made a smart choice for myself and for my future. But that's not really why she's worried about the memories coming back. And she admits why she's really worried, because she says, Stefan, I kissed Liam last night. Yeah, because, well, you know, don't worry. Those feelings are actually very close to the feelings you had for Damon. Not. Stefan is, like, so disappointed to hear this. He says, oh, my God, please forget you told me that. And definitely don't tell Damon. And Elena says, because he's going to kill him, right? Just like he killed my brother. And Stefan says, no, I was going to say because he'll be heartbroken. Well, and Elena, you got to let go of the brother thing. I, like we've all I'm moved sorry. on. We've all moved on. He's still alive. So like you gotta you gotta let it go. <laughs> we gotta get past it. <laughs> Stefan says, "Listen, what do you want to do? I mean, you have to see him eventually." And Elena says, "I know. I just don't think eventually can be today. Like I'm not ready." And while she's on the phone, she spots Joe, and Joe puts down a cup of coffee, and she wants to know if Joe drinks Ravine. So of course she spots that. Elena says, "I gotta go." She hangs up. And she goes to Joe's coffee cup. She takes the lid off and sips it. And there's no vervain. It doesn't burn. Just regular coffee. See, this is interesting because obviously that's what happened. But the way she looked at the coffee so intensely, I thought there was blood in this cup. Really? Yeah. Why'd you think that? I was, well, the compulsion didn't work. I was like, well, maybe she's a vampire. Of course, then I was like, but that wouldn't matter if a lurk tried to compel her either way. And so when Elena drank it, I was like, so was that blood? So I read that wrong. You certainly did. Yeah, it was just coffee. Yeah. <laughs> just vervain-free coffee, not blood. Because I was like, are they trying to, like, is she a vampire? But then I was like, but that doesn't affect the compulsion thing at all. So I was still dumbfounded by what this all meant. And if she just drank blood in front of my face. You were not, yeah, you were not catching up on this. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Even to this point, you didn't realize? I mean, no, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I was going to try and say, uh, I did after a second. No, I thought that was blood until you started talking. <laughs> or at least there was a possibility it was blood. I I love the way your mind works. What is happening up there? Why would it be blood? Anyway, we're moving on. It's not blood. And I so know it's that. Co- it's vervain-free coffee. So that's how she knows that she's not drinking vervain. Yeah. All this to say, at this point, I was thinking maybe Joe was a vampire. Gotcha. Um, Joe comes back. And Elena quickly puts the lid back on the coffee and it looks like she gets away with it. Mm-hmm. And Joe says, Elena, hey, I didn't think you'd be here today. And Elena says, yeah, I changed my schedule around. And Joe says, okay, follow me. And they go. 
And Elena's like, great, I did that so smoothly. Wow, I got away with it. We go over to Tripp's office. Matt searches the computer for a vampire. No results found. Crazy that that didn't work. And then he searches Mystic Falls deaths. Vague. Why don't you search animal attacks? I guess I don't know what he's looking for. I don't think he knows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just playing around. He's looking for solitaire. He's like, he's like, how do people look for clues? (laughs) Sarah comes in and Matt like jumps. So obviously Sarah's like, okay, so he's not allowed to be here. Oh, so we both snuck in. Cool. He says, Sarah, what are you doing? And she says, I could ask you the same question. He says, you can't be in here. She says, from the look on your face, you're either downloading porn or you're not supposed to be here either. The way she's saying all these lines and doing her eyebrow acting, she went to the Haley Slaley School of Acting. She is trying to be Haley so bad. Which is why she's not giving to me. Haley was never giving to me either. It's like a specific type of like sexy, almost pick me. She says, what are you doing in Tripp's office? And Matt says, what do you want? And she says, information on some people who used to live here. Do you know anything about the Salvatores? And he says, not really. (laughs) Not really. He lied. (laughs) <laughs> she says, well, according to Jeremy, Zach Salvatore was my dad. He supposedly died from an animal attack. And coincidentally, so did my mom. I, I love the news that Zach died from an animal attack because like his neck was just snapped. Well, and that what's really funny about that for listeners, I'm in the middle of a rewatch of Vampire Diaries, as I always am. So I just recently rewatched season one. And it's interesting because in order to report Zach's death as an animal attack, he would have had to go through, at the very least, the medical examiner. Yeah. But probably the sheriff. And, like, David never tells anyone Zach is dead. He just, like, implies that he left town, and eventually people stop asking about him. So at what point did Damon go and say, BTW, there was another <laughs> animal attack that I forgot to mention? I'm guessing, since Sarah seems to have not looked up anything, I'm guessing Jeremy just used that lie. Of like, yeah, sense. he died of an animal attack because he's like, I think Damon killed him. I might as yeah. well use this. He's like, since I haven't met him, I'm going to assume Damon killed him. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to guess a vampire killed him at the minimum for this random guy to be dead. That's just an odds thing. Yeah. And since he lived in the Salvatore house, just using logic. Yeah. Sarah says, but I've been paying attention. I know what animal attack is code for. Oh, how'd you get there, bitch? Was it when you got bit by a vampire and everyone called it an animal attack? <laughs> It's so funny the way you said that. (laughs) She is so beyond stupid. She says, and your boss seems to know a lot about homicidal wildlife. So, I mean, I guess like, I mean, you're kind of an idiot because you're not really looking anything up. He's an idiot. So you might as well ask him for help. Let's rub those little brain cells together. Trip, Sarah and Matt are all kind of idiots because like. Trip actually doesn't know that much about homicidal wildlife, quote unquote. I mean, he can't even figure out that, like, he's a founding family. And none of the founding families have ever looked at, like, the founding family ledger and been like, isn't it weird that Stefan and Damon are two brothers like, with the same age gap? Like, I get that, like, one of them, it's a passed down name. Two of them, it's weird. At, at the yeah. very least. At least worth asking about. How is Matt the smartest of these three? I mean, we just saw him type vampire into a search (laughs) engine. Like, there is nothing happening up there. And he's only the smartest of these three because, mind you, he's been here since season one. He has a five-season head start over these two. Yeah, Tripp just learned about vampires like six months ago when the border got put into place. And he's not quite at Matt's level, but he's gaining pretty fast considering the short amount of time. Yeah. 
Matt says, so you thought breaking in here was a good idea? And she says, guess we have that in common. Now you either help me or start coming up with a good lie when I tell your boss you were snooping. Oh, I went in to get a file on something. I had an email to send. Yeah. My phone died. So I had to print a form (laughs) going to the DMV. I don't care. (laughs) I think he'll believe Matt over the girl who stole a car he found out, which apparently was very suspicious to him. Matt says animal attacks are filed over there. What does he have filed that isn't about animal attacks? Again, he doesn't seem to have the founding family ledgers. So he's just looking at the same news stories we're all looking at. He doesn't seem to have any information. And again, as someone who just rewatched season one, at the very least, John Gilbert came into town and said, Damon Salvatore, I know you are a vampire. Alaric Saltzman, I also know who you are. Tripp came into town and said, nice to meet you all. And said, (laughs) hey, I am a cop now. And they said, no, you're not. You're a volunteer. And he said, okay, uh, (laughs) can I have a gun? And they said, no. And he said, fine, I'll go buy one. And they said, okay, we can't they stop said, you. We don't really care. You don't have to tell us. <laughs> and also, when did he compile all these files? Because he just got to town and Lord knows when he got this office. It's like, yeah, a lot of office work. Anyway, not to get into the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's a lot to consider when it comes to trip. Yeah. We go over to Alaric's office. Damon is sitting at Rick's desk with bourbon as Rick comes in. And he says, Professor Saltzman. What? Couldn't compel yourself a PhD? We giggle. Yeah, we have to laugh because why didn't he? I also love, there are crystals all over the stamp office. That's my man, baby. He said occult studies. (laughs) They're all quartz pretty much. Yeah, And there's like one green one that looks like dyed quartz. But I still love it. He's just (laughs) amplifying. (laughs) Yeah, he's amplifying everything. Yeah. Rick says, I can't believe you're back. And Damon says, I am. And Rick says, well, how the hell are you? And Damon says, let's see. And Damon said, I'm so fucking glad you asked. He said, how am I? (laughs) He says, I clawed my way out of some retro pocket universe only to find out that I need to compel myself a new change of clothes because this anti-magic hamster ball is keeping me from going home. And then I find out that my best friend, rather than doing anything about it, decided that it was the best use of his time to compel my beautiful girlfriend to forget she ever loved me. So yeah, I'm great, Rick. Thanks for asking. And you do have to agree with Damon here because what were y'all thinking? And you have to imagine, Damon came back. It's been four months. He says, okay, I don't know what all is awaiting me, but I know two things for sure. One, my girlfriend's here. And two, they probably figured out the anti-magic border by now. (laughs) Yeah, because I've been gone for a huge chunk of time. And neither of those are true. (laughs) He's like, what were you guys doing while I was gone? Nothing. They were grieving, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Damon says, I know she was a train wreck without me, but like a full mind erase. And Rick says, she loved you too much and it was killing her. And Damon says, well, I'm flattered. (laughs) But I'm back. So let's get this uncompulsion on the books. Yeah. And Rick says, fine. As soon as Elena tells me that's what she wants. And Damon says, yeah, but here's the thing. She's not going to want to be uncompelled if she can't remember why she'd want to be uncompelled. Chicken egg. And he's right. He's got a great point here. (laughs) He's like, I understand she doesn't want to be uncompelled, but of course she doesn't. She can't remember. He's like, yeah, of course she doesn't want to remember being in love with me because she can't remember being in love with me. You told her I'm a serial killer. And well, I am. That's only one thing about me. (laughs) And that's only a small part of my personality. 
she was over the brother thing years ago. <laughs> yeah, he's like, why all of a sudden is she mad about me killing Jeremy again? He's died and come back a couple times since then. He said, that wasn't even the worst thing I did. I mean, yeah. it probably was to her directly. Yeah. But <laughs> Rick says, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And Damon says, sorry, she won't even see me, Rick. Rick says, I get it, Damon. But she's happy and I'm not going to take that away from her until she asks me to. I understand that you're going to be taking it away, but you'll also be giving happiness back. It's going to come out net yeah. zero. Well, and I see the same argument that I'm making that they don't have to do it today necessarily. Like give her some time to warm up to the idea. Now, unfortunately, they kind of did have to do it today. But there's so no they way they couldn't have known, known that. <laughs> Damon says, it's not that I don't want her to be happy. I just want her to be happy with me. Yeah, he's like, she was very happy with me. Did we forget? Rick doesn't respond to that. And so Damon says, right. And then he takes the bourbon and he leaves. Fair enough. (laughs) We go out to the woods. Stefan and Caroline are walking through the woods. They're going to Trip Shed. And Stefan says, look, Enzo wasn't being careful. Trip would have caught him eventually. And that meant danger for us all. This is super, super revisionist. Yeah, well, he is really, he's doing backflips to justify this. And he knows it's backflips. And I don't think he even expects Caroline to be along with this. But I love that Caroline is not giving him an inch of breathing room here. Yeah. She says, okay, right. So you handed Enzo over so we wouldn't be targeted. And now you're rescuing him so we won't be targeted. Way to go. Yeah, she's like, great. So none of it makes sense. And as if this comment will make anything better, he says, well, I thought Trip was going to kill him. I didn't think he was going to keep him alive for information. Caroline says, oh, great. In that case, sounds like you were just being practical. Yeah, that pissed me off. He said, well, I thought he was just going to kill him. So actually, <laughs> that would have been worse. Stefan, you shouldn't have even been doing that. She says, okay, so did you rat out Ivy too? And he seems to not have heard that Ivy died. Yeah, um, this time. And, and he really doesn't give a fuck. Now he can't blame it on Enzo, so he has no reason to pretend this was a big deal to him. Yeah. Caroline says, you didn't want to deal with her anymore. You wanted her gone. And now she is. You know, you really should write Trip a thank you note. And Stefan says, hold on, hold on. Enzo turns Ivy. A hunter kills her, and yet I'm still the bad guy? Yeah. In this case, yeah. Glad you get it. I mean, and yes, Enzo is the one who physically turned her. But he wouldn't have done that if you had not brought this shit to the door. And a hunter killed her, but a hunter wouldn't have killed her unless you had basically tried to pawn her off on everyone and abandon her. Well, and keep in mind, the only reason he killed her is because Enzo didn't blow up your spot when he was being tortured. He had to give this guy some information. Well, Enzo did blow up his spot. He did tell him to go to Savannah. Oh, I guess he did. But... It doesn't really matter because he didn't find him there. Yeah. So Stefan says, I'm not the one threatening to turn in other vampires to save his own skin. And Caroline eats him alive. She says, Mm -hmm. the only one who's turned in other vampires is you, Stefan. And Stefan didn't even do it to save his own skin. He was just being a dick. He was just being a hater. At least Enzo has a reason to threaten this. Because also, I know you hate Enzo so fucking much. But as I said before, you guys know Enzo well enough to know that he doesn't want to turn you guys in. He is threatening this so he can leave. He spent a lot of his life in dungeons. He's yeah. always looking for a way out of a dungeon. 
he yeah. just wants freedom. That's all he wants. And he doesn't want to throw any of you under the bus. Many of these people have been good friends to him, particularly Caroline. And he knows mm-hmm. he can't throw Elena and Stefan under the bus without also endangering Caroline. Yeah. And he also doesn't really want to endanger Stefan because he's not ready to give up on Damon. He doesn't want to turn on Stefan. He just kind of wants to bug Stefan a little bit. Yeah. Well, he just wanted to give Stefan a kick in the ass to like care about people. Yeah. Caroline says, that's why you're helping Stefan guilt for getting Damon's friend captured. It's true. I wish Stefan would say, I feel guilty. I let my emotions get the best of me when I turned him in. That's why I'm helping. I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. Don't act like you had any real reason. You were being a hater. It's okay. We are all haters from time to time. We all have our hater moments. And you you should be thankful that you had a hater moment, but you still have a chance to fix it because he didn't immediately get killed. Your hater moment doesn't have to define you. Mm -hmm. Stefan says, yeah. Damon's my brother, and I gave up on him first, and Zoe didn't. So if rescuing his idiot friend is going to somehow make it up to him, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Like, let's not say this with so much disdain. Let's be let's be genuine about it. Caroline says, great. Good for you. Let me know when you figure out how you're going to make everything up to me. Like, She's like, great. You're thinking about other people. I'm in the mix, too. My turn. The shed door opens. So Stefan grabs Caroline and the vampire run to hide. And two rando henchmen come out, lock the door and leave. Caroline says, let's get in there. There's a little bit of charged air while they're sitting nice and close to each other behind some pallets, but we get right past it. Yeah, we get right past it. She's not ready to kiss him yet. Someday she will be. (laughs) But I wait. And here I sit. But I'll be patient. They go in the shed and it's empty. And Caroline says, where the hell is he? I think we know. (laughs) We have some guesses. (laughs) We go over to the hospital. Elena is walking with Joe. And Elena says, oh my God, I like your bracelet. What's it made of? Super weird question, Elena. And Joe says, no idea. Because at this point, we know after seeing this episode, Joe knows what Elena's asking. Yeah. Joe's like, can you be serious? Can you at least be subtle about it, girl? Yeah. Joe says, oh, while you're here, can I get your opinion on something? Now, this is when the alarm bells should go off because why would she ask an opinion of a pre-med student? Yeah, I was like, what could she possibly need her opinion on? So I was very interested to see where this conversation was going to go. But Elena says, oh, sure, yeah. Because in her mind, she's like, of course she's going to ask me. I'm great. Yes, I'm a fantastic pre-med student. Joe says, female patient, blunt force trauma to the head, massive internal hemorrhaging, multiple bone fractures. She was a victim at the corn maze. Joe opens the door to reveal the patient, but the room is empty. And Elena says, where is she? (laughs) Joe says, probably freshman lit. And Elena says, I don't get it. And Joe says, neither do I. See, the patient was never admitted, even with such extensive injuries. Liam said you treated her at the scene. That's a pretty good save for someone with half a semester of pre-med. She ate her up there. She got her so good. I was standing. (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) It's like, okay, sir. Girl boss incoming, I think. Diva up. (laughs) Elena says, Yeah, I think Liam was exaggerating how bad off she was. It was dark and there was a lot of blood. This is a bad lie. I think this is the best lie she can get. Right now, maybe. I still maintain that when she talked to Liam, she should have said, oh, no, someone else treated her. Yeah, that's true. You might as well discredit that source. Unfortunately, that source is a fraction of how Joe got to this conclusion. Yeah, unfortunately, Joe, no matter what lie Elena tells you, Joe knows the answer. So whatever. Joe says, okay, don't even continue talking. I know what a lyric is, and I know what you are. And if any more blood bags go missing, I know who to come to. And she leaves. And Elena's like, where am I going to get fucking blood? 
and this is a huge <laughs> shock because up until this point, there's no clues that Joe knows any of this. Yeah. And we're not used to people knowing any of this with no clues. Yeah, I was shook by this. Mm-hmm. We go to the Whitmore dorm. Damon is in the dorm room alone. And he's looking at all of Elena's framed pictures. There's none of Damon because she cleaned them out. There's like some of her and Caroline and Bonnie, some of her and Caroline and Stefan. There's one photo of just her and Tyler. Ouch. <laughs> Damon's like, damn, fuck me. And Damon's like, Tyler got a photo? <laughs> He says somebody was thorough and he drinks. He like flips a photo down and then he picks up a graduation photo, which Elena has cropped out everyone but herself. Because this is a photo we've seen that Caroline and Bonnie are in. Yeah. And I think Matt and Stefan might be in it too. And Elena just said, no, we just need me. <laughs> Damon sits on Elena's bed with the photo and he draws a stick figure with fangs to represent him. Being cutie. <laughs> And then Damon says, you know, it's kind of creepy. You just standing there all hulky and brooding. And then we cut to the doorway where Jeremy is standing kind of weird looking, hulky and brooding. Yeah, he's looking uh, super depressed. His hair's greasy. He's not doing good this week. I mean, he hasn't been doing good for some time, but he's doing significantly worse this week. Yeah, because unfortunately now I think he's realizing that like, oh. Now the hope seems gone. Yeah, if Damon came back and Bonnie didn't, that's not great news. Yeah. Jeremy says, says the freak who's stalking my sister. And Damon says, technically, I'm lying in wait. Also, I'm her boyfriend. Yeah. He's like, I'm, it's not stalking when you're in love. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy says, why didn't Bonnie come back? And Damon says, because she wasn't there. It was just me. Jeremy sits because he's he's got to talk about his emotions somewhere. And he, it might as well be here. He says, you know, I paid her cell bill just so I could call her phone and hear her say the same six words every day. And Damon says, sounds good. I'll give it a call. And Jeremy says, why? She hated you. And Damon's like, you don't even get it. That's my bestie. Damon said, you don't even know that we're besties. Yeah, he's, and, <laughs> and he's like, and I can't explain this in a way that makes yeah. any sense. So Damon says, Bonnie wasn't there with me, Jeremy, because she found peace. She's in a better place. And I think this is a great lie to tell Jeremy. It's mm-hmm. comforting. It lets him know he has to grieve and move on. And it saves him a lot of the heartache that would come from the truth. Yeah. We go back to the hospital and Elena is still shook by Joe's confession, essentially. Yeah. So Elena says, oh, my God, how did you know? And Joe says, besides not believing you closed a penetrating abdominal trauma without so much as a first aid kit. (laughs) She she ate her alive. She said, girl, that one was a little too obvious. She said, also, I'm pretty sure you weren't looking for stevia in my coffee. So she didn't even get away with the coffee thing. (laughs) Joe is eating her up. And you were like, so it wasn't blood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know, Joe's eating her alive. And so then Joe says, with Alaric, I wasn't 100% certain. He tried to compel me, but then I remembered I have really crappy luck in my love life. So of course my hot new teacher crush would be a vampire. Sounds like good luck to me, babe. Yeah. Elena says so what are you and Joe says busy if you want to stick around there's food trays on the third floor that need clearing and Elena says that's it you're gonna let me stay and Joe says yeah you saved a girl instead of feeding on her that's good enough for me Joe's like I really don't give a fuck about you (laughs) you don't affect my life she said if you're not here I'm gonna clean the bedpans and I don't want to clean the bedpans yeah she said for some reason you like cleaning bedpans and doing all this work for free so we don't have to hire any texts or like paid scribes or anything so yeah i'm gonna keep you here it's pretty hard to get fired from this job <laughs> if you had killed her i would have fired you but... it's a teaching hospital yeah <laughs> and then elena says you're not even afraid 
not even phased for that matter, which is a good clock. Yeah, it is. But it's it's also like, okay, Elena, you're not being that creepy right now. <laughs> yeah. Elena says, there's only one thing that can resist compulsion without needing vervain, and that's a witch. You're a witch. I'm glad she said this because I was sitting here thinking, well, she can't be a vampire because she would have been compelled and she's not having vervain. I was trying to do flips. I, I probably would have gotten here eventually, but I'm glad she said it. It's been a while since we've talked about the logistics of compulsion mm-hmm. and that witches can resist it because we just, it's one thing that we got early on that we just haven't really addressed again because no witches have really been compelled. Yeah. So it is good that they tell us. And when we talked about this last week, we talked about like, Joe seems to be resisting compulsion. What's that about? Um, And you did not get anywhere near witch. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. And I don't blame you for it. I will say this about the witch reveal. Okay, please do. Because Joe obviously doesn't confirm or deny this, which she wasn't going to do regardless. And, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but she doesn't seem to use magic. Now, I know Mm -hmm. that she, like, trusts herself as a doctor later on, but, like, she could have used magic to help Alaric. You're assuming she could have. I'm assuming she could have. And it's possible given her personality that she chooses not to in medical places. But so I do want to bring up the possibility, you know, we meet a witch. We've met another person attached to witches, that being Kai. I just have to draw that there's a potential connection there and that this may mean that she is also a siphon or that she otherwise has some connection to Kai. Uh, Because we have to assume she's like 30 right now. I'm just making a guess. Sure. So then in 1994, she was like how old? Like 10, 15? 10-ish, because if she's like 30, then 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's a little more than 20. So she may have known some of those siblings, is all I'll say. Do you think she knew them because she was a sibling? Possibly. Oh, yeah, because he left one of his sisters alive. So yeah, that's uh, that's Kai's sister. I'll so you say think that. that's Kai's sister who he left alive? Yeah. Okay. Um, And you said you think she's a siphon. I think she's either a witch or a siphon. Okay. Because he did say that him being a siphon was kind of an abomination in his family. So if there were two of them, two abominations? Well, she's a girl. And well, it could also be that they were two abominations and maybe that's why he spared her. Yeah. If you do think they're siblings. Uh, you know, I just think we have to bring up the connection because. Because they're two witches with brown hair. So certainly they must be connected. I mean, yeah, that's basically (laughs) where I'm coming from. We haven't gotten that many witches introduced. And we know Kai has a connection to the Gemini Coven. Or at least it's been heavily implied. We have to assume Luke and Liv do as well. Why would we just have another witch that has no connection to any of that? I I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you think there's a connection between both of those pairs, like Liv and Luke, Kai and Joe? Do you think they're all connected, all four of them? Or do you think they're two separate pairs I think they're stronger two separate pairs. I would guess that Liv and Luke, you know, they were much younger in 1994. So they may not, they might know like a general kind of urban legend about Kai, but I don't think they would know any real information. Okay. And it's possible too that Kai spared this one sister and she was like, I'm turning my back on magic. I don't think it's right that he got sent to this like prison world, whatever. And that's how she ended up here. So she's let him go to the prison world? Yeah. What was she going to... I think he could have spared her and been like, you need to run away right now. Okay. And she ran away before anything could happen. Okay. You think they wanted to send her to the prison world too? No. Okay. I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'll be honest with you. uh, Do we know Joe's last name? Laughlin. Do we know Kai's last name? I don't believe we do. 
because there's an episode where we learn his first name and I was trying to remember if they read his last name, but and I was I remember guessing his last name is Parker as well. So we wouldn't know it if I guessed that. Not that they have to have the same last name because Joe could very well have changed it. But I'm just right. I think that possibility has legs that they're related somehow. Yeah. Brother, sister. I'm going to go all the way in it. Okay. Even though I just believed with my whole heart that she just drank blood out of a cup. So, you know. (laughs) So who knows? Take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) I will take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) I fear I served on that. I fear you think that. (laughs) (laughs) I either really served or I really didn't. (laughs) Joe says, how about I make a deal with you? You don't ask questions about me and I won't ask questions about you. And Elena says, deal. Because that is a good deal. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, Elena can't mind your own business. So I don't think that deal is going to stay on the table very long. Yeah. Joe says, and you can tell Alaric if he wants to avoid a complicated relationship, he doesn't have to hide behind compulsion to do it. Joe leaves. We go back over to Tripp's office. Sarah is looking at files and it's like pictures of, you know, vampire attacks, very bloody and gory. <laughs> and she says, you know, maybe it was a good thing I didn't grow up here. Probably. Matt says, oh, so where do you come from? And she says, give me the year and I'll tell you the town and foster home. She finds a locked drawer and she says, oh, good. Wonder what's in here. And Matt says, it's locked. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's why I wonder what's in there. <laughs> she says, oh, well, never mind then. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> she says locked means important. <laughs> she picks the lock. She's right there. <laughs> Matt's cell phone rings and he picks up and he says, oh, hey, Caroline, did you get him? And Caroline at the shed says, no, Enzo is not here. Any idea where Trip might have taken him besides the very obvious one? <laughs> and then Sarah finds a phone. And Matt says, hang on, let me see that. He picks it up. He unlocks it. It's Ivy's phone. We can tell because it's a picture of her on the screensaver. It's, it's goofy that that's how they show it's her phone, but it is effective. Yeah. It's easier than something else. Yeah. He looks at her recent call logs and they say they are two Caroline Forbes. So that's pretty damning because there's like, it's the only number in there. It's the only number. And I mean, it's better than her putting Caroline vampire or something. Yeah. But, oh, it's bad. Matt says, hey, Caroline, we have another problem. Trip has Ivy's phone. Caroline says, okay, and has that my problem? She (laughs) said, the guy's a murderer. Petty theft isn't much of a stretch. She's like, that's not shocking to me. Of course he stole a phone, loser. And Matt says, yeah, but your name's at the top of the recently dialed list. And she says, oh my God, he knows what I am. Which is a little bit of a leap, but also I think a fair one. Yeah, we have to at least assume that at this point. And Matt says, and I'm guessing he knows where to find you. So then we go over to Whitmore. Damon's still in the dorm. He finds a picture of Bonnie and he looks at her because that's his bestie bestie. Another great example of them clearly using one of the cast members like Instagram pictures. But it's a great photo of her. It's fun. I love it. It makes it look more real than like a still from the show. Yes, exactly. Because also on this show, they never let Bonnie have any fun. So they wouldn't be able to find a picture of her smiling. Yeah. Yeah. When would that picture have been taken? Because they want to torture her. (laughs) They never let her rest. (laughs) Damon calls her phone since he now knows it's available still. And her voicemail says, it's Bonnie. Leave me a message. And he says, that's it. That's your outgoing message. Really? I mean, the one time I'm actually seeking the sound of your voice. That's all I get. Perfect. Anyway, I'm in your room which is a lot less weird than it sounds. And I just wanted to say that because of what you did for me, today is the day I get to see Elena. So thank you. And I'm sorry. Other than that, uh, I don't know what to say or what I'm supposed to say, except that defying all possible global scenarios, I might miss you. And then he gets another call and says, oh, hey, I got to go. Like as if she's on the phone. (laughs) Yeah. And so he answers the other call 
And we learn it's from Elena. He says, so you didn't forget my number. That's a good start. And she says, yeah, I figured I'd press the Damon button and see what happened. I, well, I, I could have guessed what happened. Yeah. <laughs> he says, and what is happening? And she says, I don't know. I know what I'm doing, but I'm thinking we should meet face to face. I can't run from you forever. So come by my dorm. And he's at her dorm. So he <laughs> says, yeah, yeah, I'll be here there in a bit. See you in a bit. He's like buzzing. Yeah. They hang up. Damon puts everything back to normal so it doesn't look like he's been here all day. He looks in the mirror, checks himself out, and then the door opens. And Damon says, oh, well, that was fast. And he turns, and it's Trip with a gun. Mind you, Damon doesn't know who this man is. Yeah. But he does know what a gun is. <laughs> so he flashes his veins and fangs. Trip shoots Damon with a vervain dart, but Damon does catch the dart and throws it into Trip's leg, and he acts like he got fucking stabbed. He's like, ah, it's like one needle. It's one dart, Trip. Suck it up. I know. Damn. Trip reloads his gun um, and grabs a stake, but Damon vampire runs and grabs Trip, gets him in a headlock, gets the stake to Trip's neck, and says, who are you? But Damon gets shot in the back by a couple darts. It's the randos from earlier. Damon falls. He's not snapping necks fast enough these days. Everyone's luxuriating a little bit. If someone is shooting you with a vervain dart or has a stake, it's safe to say you can you can snap the neck. Yeah, let's just do that. A little bit later, we see Elena arrives at the dorm, and she sees her door is ajar. She opens it, and there's a cell phone on the ground, and she says, Damon? We go over to Rick's classroom. He's on the phone, and he says, Elena, calm down. Just find Caroline and get to Old Miller Road. We'll get him back. He hangs up. He goes to lock the door. He's on the way out. But Joe is there. And she says, I had an interesting conversation with Elena. And he says, and I really do want to hear all about it. It's just not right now. <laughs> and she says, what's the rush? Occult studies emergency? And he's like, well, actually, yes. He's like, actually, pretty much. <laughs> he says, yeah, I have some place I need to be. So if you don't mind. And she says, why don't you just compel me out of the way? Don't you think it's about time we level with each other? Yeah. And she's so right for that. Yeah. He says, okay, how's this? My best friend just came back from the dead, but now I have to save him from a vampire hunter before he's driven across an anti-magic border and killed again. So here's some friendly advice. It's probably a good idea to stay as far away from me as possible. And he goes. And she's like, okay. She said, that is sexy. She's like, that was a lot of information. And I loved it. She said, I want to kiss him. He said, I'm interested. We go over to Tripp's van. In the back of Tripp's van, Damon comes to, and Enzo is there. And Enzo says, good morning, sunshine. Because he's they're like, look at us again. <laughs> Damon says, Enzo? Well, this brings back memories. And Enzo says, glad you found a way back, mate. Afraid it's going to be a short reunion. We're headed to Mystic Falls, known for its bridges, quaint small town charm, and a really big vampire bug zapper. Damon says, well, Stefan could have told me there was a hunter in town. And Enzo says, yeah, it probably slipped his mind because he's responsible for my return to incarceration. And Damon says, why would he do that? And Enzo says, probably jealous of my accent. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe he did it because I killed his new girlfriend. And Damon says, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Damon really didn't pick a side here. He said, I, you were both in the wrong, I think. He said, I think you both uh, went a little far with it, but that's okay. I'm about to die. So what do I care? <laughs> why get on this now? We go to Elena's car. She's with Caroline there at Old Miller Road. Elena does a turn to block the road horizontally. So she's horizontal across the road. You guys get it. <laughs> you saw the episode. 
<laughs> Caroline is, is sitting shotgun and she's on the phone. She says, sorry, mom. Elena is auditioning for Top Gear. Okay, bye. She's so me. They get out of the car and Caroline says, okay, so my mom is shutting down Route 13. Trip is going to have to double back and there's only two other ways across the border, which we know are Old Miller Road and Route 9. Caroline says, do you have a tire preference? Front, back? No? Okay. And she just pops one of Elena's tires. <laughs> and she says, I think this sells a spin out. What do you think? Elena is, her mind is somewhere else. She's deep in thought. And Elena says, I want my memories back. And Caroline says, what? Caroline's like, congratulations. Like, is now the time? What do you want me to do? <laughs> Elena says, I made up my mind. If Damon survives this, then I want Alaric to uncompel me. I mean, I can't imagine ever loving him, but I also can't ignore the parts I don't like to avoid the truth. I mean, how can I make any decisions if I only know half the story? Great conclusion you came to. Wish you came to it like two hours earlier. Yeah, should, shouldn't have taken you 12 hours to get there, but who am I? Caroline touches her arm and they wait. We go over to Rick's car on Route 9. Stefan and Rick have a similar setup. They've got their car horizontally blocking the road. Stefan opens the hood and he just starts unplugging shit, taking stuff apart. Because, you know, he was a mechanic. Yeah, he can fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and Alaric says, you don't need to take apart the whole engine. We just need to lure trip in so we can grab them. <laughs> and then Rick says, you know, it's not your fault. And Stefan says, uh, pretty much it is. <laughs> it's it's not totally his fault, but he definitely had a hand in it. I would say it pretty much is his fault. <laughs> <laughs> he can't control that Damon got scooped up, but the Enzo thing is definitely his fault. Like, let's let's be all honest. <laughs> Rick says, look, you're not the only one who gave up. Every second for the last four months, all I could think about was when am I going to get my next sip of blood? When am I going to screw up and hurt somebody? Why did I come back to life just to be this thing? That I used to hunt vampires and suddenly I was one. Searching for Damon was the only thing that could take my mind off it, but I was basically going through the motions as a distraction because honestly, Stefan, I'd given up too. But at least you were still searching for him while you did, but you know, I get the, I get the message. It's nice of Alaric to comfort Stefan in this way. Yeah. Stefan needs a little bit of comfort right now because pretty much everyone's turning against him with good reason to do so. Yeah. But Alaric can see that Stefan needs a friend. Yeah. A car approaches and Alaric says there. Trip is approaching. So Trip is coming to Stefan and Rick's station, which is honestly the better one. It was good for Rick to be the one to do the talking here. Yeah. Rick says to Stefan, stay in the car. He knows what you look like. And Stefan says he thinks I'm on his side. And Rick says, yeah, unless Enzo told him different, which is smart to just plan for that scenario. Yeah. Because you have someone he doesn't know. Use that person. Yeah. Rick says, go tell Elena he's here. Stefan goes and Rick waves the van down. And Trip is like pissed. Trip is like, what is with all the closed roads tonight? <laughs> Don't you think it might be a trap, King? Yeah. Damon and Enzo clock that the van is stopping, which they didn't expect it to. And Rick goes up and says, evening, trying to get my buddy to a bachelor party and our car just stopped. Think you can help us out? And Trip says, yeah, I don't know anything about cars. Meanwhile, Trip has not rolled down that window at all, which is smart. Rick says, oh, well, maybe you could give us a ride then. You got this whole fucking van. Yeah, I'll even get in the back. <laughs> I would argue that it might be a better position to like have Rick do some talking. And have Stefan try to break in, yeah. But I get why they're doing it this way. Yeah. In the back, Enzo says, who is that? And Damon says, that's Rick. He's up to something. Better be good. Bastard owes me. Enzo and Rick haven't really chatted yet, so they don't really know each other. Excited for them to meet. Yeah. Trip says, I'm sorry. I'm in a bit of a hurry. And Rick says, yeah, so are we. And then he punches the window and they fight a little bit. Sexy. Yeah, it's getting sexy. One thing about Rick is he's sexy. I missed him very much when he was gone. Big sexy alert. Yeah. Trip grabs his dirt gun. 
and shoots Alaric, but it doesn't totally knock Alaric out. Alaric is up. He holds onto the window. So Trip decides he's just going to drive over the border. Yeah. So he starts driving. We can see Stefan is in the car on the phone and he like sees the car approaching. And Stefan almost looks at it like, you've got to be kidding. He said, really? (laughs) He said, he's going to drive? So Stefan is able to get out of the car and run away from the accident. Trip hits the car in the road. Alaric's Mm -hmm. car. Goes over the border and the car flips, but they do cross the border. Yeah. The first thing we see is we go to the back of the van. Damon's gunshot wound appears. Enzo starts coughing up blood. We're in a lucky position because a gunshot wound and consumption are not like immediate deaths. Yeah. Takes a second. So they have some time. Mm-hmm. Also, I should say, Alaric like rolls over to the side of the road. But also across the border. Stefan, from a distance, like looks and sees that the accident has crossed the border. On the phone, Elena says, hey, Stefan, what's happening? Girl, what? did you hear a crash? Yeah. Stefan says, Damon and Alaric are across the border. Gotta go. Enzo? <laughs> Elena says, oh my God. We see Alaric has started coughing up blood on the side of the road. Stefan crosses the border. His gunshot wound appears, but he keeps going and he picks up a metal rod. In the back of the van, Damon says, I came back for this. And Enzo says, yeah, consumption wasn't much fun the first time around either. Consumption, that sucks, buddy. That does suck. <laughs> Stefan goes to the back of the van first. He opens the back and Alaric is choking on blood. We check with him, but someone approaches. And at first, we're not sure who, but it's Joe. And she says, okay, I'm here. And it's queening time. And he says, how? And she says, I followed you like a crazy stalker. Not one of my finer moments. Uh, but she starts doing CPR. In the van, Stefan goes for Damon, but Damon says, no, get him first. And Stefan is annoyed, but he does let Enzo out first. Yeah. Meanwhile, Trip gets out of the van um, as Stefan is breaking everybody out. And Trip makes his like smartest move ever. And he just runs. He says, you know what? I lost today. He says, I know when I've been had. <laughs> so he just runs into the woods. Alaric says to Joe, you have to get me across the border. It's stripping away the magic. I'll die. And Joe says, you're going to die if I move you. I have to stop the bleeding. You nicked your descending aorta. And he says, I know that's what killed me. <laughs> He said, I know, I died. <laughs> she says, well, you didn't have me back then, did you? And you didn't have hemostatic gauze. This is an interesting factoid because we know as a vampire, so we remember the way Alaric died, he was killed with the white oak stick mm-hmm. because he was an original at the time mm-hmm. or he operated as an original. What's yeah. interesting about that death is that, I guess, wait, I don't know how he died when he was turned into a vampire though. Esther turned him, so I don't think he really died. I think Esther turned him, so maybe... Can you search it? I could. Just to be sure. My mistake. Alaric did not die as a vampire by getting killed by the White Oak Stake. He died, Mm -hmm. remember, because Elena died. Because his life was to Elena's. Yeah. How he died as a human to become a vampire, Esther turned him. She did this by recasting the immortality spell. So I don't remember the exact wound. But I think as a witch, she was probably like one for stabbing. I seem to remember her like stabbing him to die. Yeah. Anyway, so he's got like a stab wound. So never mind. I was going to say something about how like as a vampire to die, you only need like enough wood to get in your heart, but it could be like a manageable wound. But this was also whatever. It's not. Important. But it is it is also like he got the wound and then no one like they let him bleed out. Yes. More than like you could stop the bleeding out, you know, which is the same of like Stefan and Damon, too, is uh, yeah. depending on their gunshot wounds. I think Damon gets shot in the stomach. Yeah. And he bled out. But anyway. What happened is Alaric has a wound because he was stabbed. Yeah. That's how he died. Stefan drags Enzo and Damon across the border. 
they're struggling at first, but they walk and they make it and they start to heal and they're fine. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. But then Stefan turns around because he's planning to go back for Alaric, but mm-hmm. he spots that Joe is with Alaric. And Damon yeah. says, what is happening? So we check in with them. Joe says, still with me? She says, well, I am sealing this wound. I want you to think about how you tried to compel one of the smartest women on campus to forget about her date with you. The date where I single-handedly saved dozens of lives without smearing my makeup. She said, I just want to let you know, I'm a huge fucking catch. And if you die, I want that to be your final thought. I want your final thought to be one of regret. Yeah. <laughs> she says, oh, Alaric, hang on, stay with me. She does CPR. He gasps. She's like, okay, come on, Alaric, stay with me. Got to get that heart pumping. You don't get to have the last word with me, Alaric. She keeps doing compressions, but he starts to look a little bit dead. And I was like, don't play with me right now. Yeah. Like, no, we are not doing this. Stefan looks scared. Damon looks scared. Joe says, stay with me. Come on. And she does compressions, even though he's still looking dead. And it's like, come on. And then Alaric does gasp awake and everyone is relieved. Most of all me. Yeah. Well, maybe not most of all, but I'm a Most there. of all Joe, second of all you. <laughs> everyone is relieved. Rick says, wait, something is wrong. And Joe says, don't move. And he says, no, something's wrong. Like, I'm not supposed to be alive. And she says, there's no reason you shouldn't be. I sealed the wound. We just have to get you to the hospital. We go over to the other border on Old Miller Road. Caroline is on the phone and she says, yeah, I'll tell her thanks. Hangs up. Elena Vampire runs up and she says, look, I was just at Route 9 and there was a crash, but they weren't there. And Caroline says, yeah, I know. They had to get out of there. And Elena says, what happened? Caroline says, Stefan said that, um, Alaric crossed the border. But Joe was there and she saved him. And Elena says, oh, okay. So he's okay. That means he's okay, right? And Caroline says, yeah, Elena, he's okay. Caroline's like, yes, but there are some other factors here. Yeah, she's clearly got like a disappointed look on her face. So Elena says, why do you have that look on your face? What happened, Caroline? And Caroline says, all the magic stripped away, but Joe saved him just before he died. And Elena says, I don't know what that means. And Caroline says, Alaric's not a vampire anymore. He's human. So there's a lot to unpack about this scene. Number one, that Alaric is now a human, not a vampire. And number two, that the biggest implication of that is he can no longer undo Elena's compulsion. And on top of that, the way compulsion gets released is that the vampire who did it dies. But Alaric didn't die in this process. Oh, yeah. And like, obviously, the only other vampires that can compel vampires are original vampires. But they've spun off, baby. Yeah. So now we're stuck. And also, I mean, you were right to bring up the concern early on because there was such a psychological component to this compulsion. We don't even know if it would have worked. Yeah. So even if they got Klaus to come and do something like Klaus doesn't have enough information to do this. Can Klaus come in and say, remember Damon now? Yeah, because it's not like Alaric was sitting down writing down each memory he took out. Yeah. And she does remember Damon. It seems it always seemed like the compulsion itself would have been a little tricky, but this just totally complicates it. Yeah. But you know what? The silver lining. Alaric truly hated being a vampire. Oh, he hated it so much. So that worked out. We go over to the Salvatore house. Matt and Sarah arrive and Sarah says, oh, thanks for the ride. And Matt says, I thought I'd save you the trouble of having to boost another car i think he says boost another car but he means yeah, he steal. Says boost another car yeah that's that's a term for steal a car i've never heard that term before that's so interesting goody two shoes she says that was almost funny hope for you yet donovan what shut up he really went to the slaley school of flirting, of flirting. <laughs> matt says if i told you i knew about your family do you promise to take a little friendly advice she says no 
<laughs> this is absolutely not. Depends what you say. She says, hang on, you know who my family is? And he says, read any history book about this town's founding members. He said, I can't believe I have to tell you. You've been hanging out in this house for weeks. How did you not find anything? There's a giant S on the goddamn fireplace. <laughs> he says, the guys that live in this house are Damon and Stefan Salvatore. And she says, why are you just telling me this now? And he says, because they're vampires and wherever they go, death and pain follow. So if you're looking for family, you're not going to find it here. Do yourself a favor and get as far away from this place as you can. She's like, yeah, but they do live in a mansion. And I'm famously homeless. So this is probably better off than anything I'm going to get. Yeah. Why would this turn her away? Yeah. I need you to be serious, Matt. But I get it. He's in a mood about. All sorts of things. All sorts of things. Jeremy from another room yells like, come on, no, damn it. <laughs> so Matt's like, hey, Jeremy. <laughs> and Jeremy says, I keep trying to cancel Bonnie's phone, but I can't without her pin. Why can't I remember her pin? Uh, this really frustrates him. Because he's like, well, now all my hope is gone. So time to fall even deeper into this spiral. Yeah. So then he really aggressively breaks the phone. And then he breaks yet another crystal decanter. Yeah, I mean, this house, again, it is where Cut Crystal goes to die. And Sarah says, hey. Sarah says, hey, I was going to pawn that. I just found out that's mine. <laughs> uh, he hits the table. Matt pulls him away. And Sarah says, it's going to be okay. What do you know? What the fuck do you know? You don't even know what he's doing this for. And Jeremy says, no, it's not going to be okay. And then he says, she's gone. Bonnie's gone. Matt hugs him. So he's doing bad. We go back over to Whitmore. Elena is in her dorm and she's on the phone with Rick. He's at the hospital in Mystic Falls. Elena says, Joe's a keeper. How does it feel? And he says, well, it hurts a lot. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not magically healing anymore. And she says, too bad there aren't any vampires in Mystic Falls to help heal you. And he says, uh, they got me on a morphine drip. It's the next best thing. He said, actually, opioids are sick. This is way better than whiskey. <laughs> Alaric says, Elena, I'm so sorry. And she says, no, Alaric, I am just glad you're okay. I mean, up until an hour ago, I didn't even want my memories to return. I was the one who made the choice to lose them. Now I have to live with the fact that you can't give them back to me. I know how much you hated being a vampire, so I'm just glad one of us got what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, what's she going to do? She's the one who asked her to do this. Yeah. Now he shouldn't have listened, but... She's got to live with the consequences of her actions. Mm -hmm. He says, what is it that you want? And she says, to be able to look Damon in the eye, knowing all that I know and all that I don't, and see how I feel about him. I want to trust how I feel. Alaric says, I hope that you can. Good luck, okay? And they hang up. Alaric says, cool. I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah. So the morphine's really hitting. <laughs> and I got some jello on the way, so. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Joe comes in and she says, this hospital sucks. I can't believe anyone actually makes it out alive. The reason they did was a lot of vampire blood. Yeah. Most don't. <laughs> yeah, Alaric says they usually don't. <laughs> so Joe says, I'm having you transfer to Whitmore ASAP. And Alaric says, thank you. And she says, just doing my job. And he says, no, you did a lot more than that. You gave <laughs> me my life back, so thank you. And romance is in the air. And I'm shipping a little bit. I wasn't really sure where I was falling on her, but she, she moved up a lot this episode. Yeah, she really, she's mysterious, but in kind of a boring way in her first introduction. Yeah. But then this week, it's like, oh, you're kind of a, you're a bad bitch, I think. Like last week, it's like, okay, she's serving. And this week, it's like, okay, no, you're serving, serving. Yeah. No, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I do want to ask this. Do you trust Joe? Yeah. 
Do you think she's more of a hero or a villain long term? More of a hero long term, to be okay. sure. Just one day. I feel pretty confident about that. I think she, because I think if she were a villain in any sort of magic way, why would she be actually healing patients with medicine? No shade to Meredith Fell, but. <laughs> Get rid of an original vampire. Make him human. He's easier to kill. Yeah. He's not enough of an original vampire that I would consider that an issue. Like, no one would add him on the list, you know? Yeah, exactly. Except Esther, and no one's asking Esther shit. Yeah. She's six feet under. He didn't spin off. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> we go over to Skullborough, which, by the way, I have to say to the listeners, there's a scene in this episode where they clearly show the sign of Skullborough. <laughs> it's a big sign. And I... I so I so apologize for not knowing the name. I don't know how I missed it, but I was convinced I never learned the name. And ever since I've said that and learned that it's called Skullbur, all I can see are signs that say Skullbur, and all I can hear are lines where they call it Skullbur. So I'm sorry I have no comprehension. Stefan and Damon are having a drink, and Damon says, I was this close. And Stefan says, I know, I'm sorry. And Damon says, I got it. Everybody's sorry. You're sorry you gave up on me. Sorry you turned Enzo into that hunter guy. Rick is sorry for the compulsion. I'm sure if Elena could remember anything, she'd be sorry too. Yeah, she would be. And Stefan says, you gotta understand how hard it was for her. And Damon says, I'm so tired of hearing how hard it was for her. It was hard for me as well. Stefan knows that he had another person there, but to everyone else, Damon was all by himself. And regardless of whatever, like, I understand it was hard for Elena. But it was hard for Damon, and everyone is just, like, talking to Damon, like, well, Elena had a hard time. Doesn't anyone want to know he was away from home for four months? Don't you think maybe he had a little bit of a hard time, too? Maybe he would have compelled away his memories? Well, especially Stefan, like, you know Bonnie sacrificed herself for him. Don't you think that was not a good thing in his memory? Don't you think he's going through something? Stefan says, at least you knew you had a home to come back to. She didn't have anything, except all her friends. Yeah, except all her friends and the ability to walk around in the normal world. And Stefan says, to her, you were just gone, which I do think is fair. He had more hope for coming back because he knew he was somewhere that wasn't hell after a while, but she didn't know that. Damon says, I guess I still am. Rick says she's happy without me since she erased me. And you know what? I don't want her to be happy. I want her to be miserable, just like I am. He just wants her to miss him. You know, he spent all this time fighting to get out and then he came out and she had given up on him. Stefan says, you done? And Damon says, yeah, I'm done. And Stefan says, great. Now quit stalling. There's a girl you need to go see. And Damon says, what if it doesn't work? Like, what if what we had isn't strong enough to break the compulsion? And Stefan says, well, you're not going to find out just sitting here, are you? Damon says, here goes everything. And he leaves. Stefan sits at the borough and he spots Caroline on the street. So he goes out to her and he says, hey. She says, hey, so am I your last stop on the Stefan Salvatore apology tour? Yeah, now he suddenly has time to apologize to her. And he says, could we just get past this, please? Could you apologize just one time? Yeah, one sorry would be great. Uh, She says, I'm trying to. And he says, look, Caroline, what do you want me to do? Stop making me guess. Just tell me so we can go back to being friends again. You shouldn't have to guess. (laughs) Just starting with an I'm sorry would be helpful. If there's more, maybe then she'll, you know, offer it. Yeah, he hasn't really apologized for this at all. He's always like, I was just going through something. You still hurt people along the way. She says, that's the thing, Stefan. After all of this, I don't want to be friends anymore. And she goes, good for her. Stay strong, queen. At first I was nervous. She was going to be like, I don't want to be friends anymore because I'm in love with you. I'm like, no, he hasn't earned that yet. He sure hasn't. But she knows that. We go over to Elena's dorm. Damon walks in to the hallway. 
And Elena in her room is unpacking her Damon box. She looks at the photo strip. She holds the shirt she has. Damon gets to the door and he knocks. Elena takes a deep breath. She goes to the door slowly. She's shaking a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she does open the door and they look at each other. We get a long shot of his face. We get a long shot of her face. Nino Brev gives us an excellent face journey acting. And that is where we end the episode. So I have mm-hmm. to ask you, given what we see at the end of the episode, was it that simple? Did them seeing each other trigger the memories to come back? No. What makes you say that? You know, I think, first of all, I just don't think it's that simple. I think there needs to be more reminders of the actual memories because yeah. it's not like she really forgot what he looked like. It's not like she's been staring at pictures of him um, and it's different in person, but I just don't think this is enough to bring all the memories back. Also because of Nina Dobrev's impressive acting. Like, I feel like you can see in her face that she's like kind of searching for a memory to come back. Like she's looking at him and being like, come on, brain, go do it, go yeah. do it. And it doesn't seem like it hits. Follow-up question to that. Will slash when slash how the memories come back? So they will come back. I think in the next couple episodes, honestly, I don't think we're going to be doing this for that long because I'll get sick of it. And I think it's going to be a similar approach to like an amnesiac on one of these shows. Like I think it's going to be time spent together. And I think we also have to bring up the possibility of like, let's go back to some core memories Like, let's go back to, like, the first night they met on the road. Let's go back to, like, just some big moments. Go back to, like, the house where Miss Mystic Falls was, whatever, to try to trigger those. But here's the problem with that. She didn't forget those memories entirely. She has those memories at those locations, but she doesn't connect them to Damon. So will the locations trigger them? Will that be enough? Because she knows the locations. I think seeing Damon in the locations, like, or connect it, like, kind of reconnecting him to those memories. Because like you said, they didn't like say none of this ever happened. She knows it happened. And just like if Damon can kind of bring back the memories in some way, I I think it's going to be very much like talking through what happened, how she felt, et cetera. Sure. I do want to bring up a point of comparison. We do have a precedent for amnesia on this show. We'll remember at the beginning of season five, Stefan lost all his memories. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way he got them back was a spell by Ketsia. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the only way we've seen that happen. Then again, those memories weren't compelled away. They were also spelled away. Does that yeah. change your opinion at all? I think it does because I do think, you know, compulsion is one of those things that it's like, technically it's an end-all be-all, but we have seen people resist compulsion through sheer force of will. So I do think it's possible to will memories back. And I think once Elena, I think it will be a similar effect that it's a domino effect. And once one memory is kind of shaken back into place, it's easier to get the others into place. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. <laughs>